Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host, agency owner, and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Guys, our mission on this show is to help you insurance agents in any way we can. Sales, marketing, business, digital, you name it, we want to help you with it. And uh, before we get started, I need to introduce a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, first team All American, rivals, five star recruit. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the incomparable Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm awesome, Scott. How are you doing today? I am fired up to have our guest on today. Guys, we have got a very special show. I know that in the past we seem to do a lot of podcast episodes on digital and technology and all the crazy stuff that's going on. Today we've got somebody, and I hope every one of you will record and listen to this and listen to it again, because for me, this is probably the most important podcast we've done. Guys, we're going to talk today about systems and processes, and we have a very special guest for you. She is the owner of Agency Performance Partners. She spends every day of her week and probably most weekends helping agency owners like you improve their business, improve their process, improve their systems. She was also a speaker at the Gary Vaynerchuk Agent 2021 Conference down in Miami this year. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the other incomparable Kelly Donahue Prio. How you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great. That was such a good intro. I feel like um, I've got big shoes I have to fill on here. Hey, today. listen, that's kind of his thing. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am probably more fired up about this podcast, however many we've done, 17, 18 podcasts. Kelly, I want to tell everybody a little bit. Let me let me back up before we go forward, because in the spirit of true transparency, I want to say this. Bradley and I have already met Kelly. And Kelly met with us. My weeks are running together now, but I believe it was last week. One week ago today, I yeah, think. Yeah, one week yesterday. ago today. We met Kelly at Chris Paradiso's office, uh, Paradiso Insurance up in Connecticut. And so, in, in, of course, our, our last or two episodes ago, we had Chris Paradiso while we were up there as, on the As episode. well as episode 11, Chris was in. And I believe we even talked a little bit about Kelly on that episode. I think I so. Know, I don't think she's seen it yet, but... Um, I think my ears were burning that day. Absolutely. So let me tell our agency owners and our producers and CSRs that are listening to this, uh, what impresses me the most about you? Number one, you know your crap backwards and forwards. You've been doing this for a long time. You speak in very plain English uh, based on dealing with me, which I am not the easiest person in the world to deal with. You have a, a way of dealing with people that I really like. You're, you're calm. Your demeanor's calm. And you, you just do a good job of explaining things. And I think that was one of the big reasons why I wanted you on this podcast today. Kelly, tell everybody a little bit about you, uh, about what you do. And then from there, we'll start working our way into systems and processes. Well, um, that was such a cool entry. I think that might have been my favorite podcast entry ever. So you guys, you guys are killing it. So, you know, I'll give you the bottom line of kind of who we are, what we do. First of all, uh, I own three companies in the tiniest state of America. So I live in Rhode Island, uh, which is beautiful in the summer and cold in the winter. And, you know, our primary business is agency performance partners, which does the coaching consulting for independent agencies across the country. So on any given day, me and my team are on airplane going into agencies and really partnering with them for success, basically. Mainly focused around sales, customer experience, retention. Then I own um, a branding firm called Agency Appeal 
again, we only work with independent agents. And that's really to, I would say, we want to help make insurance agents look really, really cool. So if you kind of think of um, all the makeover shows, you know, me and my partner, Eddie, we're kind of like Chip and Joanna uh, Gaines going into some of the, you know, the houses and making them look as cool and modern as we know that they can be because that's really what the modern consumer wants to see is they want to see and work with people that really invest in their image and you know what they look like online what their marketing materials looks like and then finally i i own a, a referral company that you know works with CoverDesk, which is matching agents with virtual assistants in the philippines to help take some of that back-end service work up so we can all get freed up to sell and serve our customers you, so you are speaking my love language right now kelly <laughs> you're speaking my love language And I want to dive into that first before we get into systems and processes. That's kind of part of systems and processes, right? Let's talk a little bit about CoverDesk. And I want to talk about it, and you can hear in my voice how excited I am. I want to talk about it, for one, because it's so new. It's a brand new business entity for you guys. Agents from around the world, the 250,000 agents that are listening to this podcast right now, Focus on what she is about to talk about because this may very well be something that you want to implement in your agency. Just to give you guys a little background, you know, the whole idea of outsourcing and outsourcing outside of America, you know, work like there's other companies out there like Marble Box and Resource Pro that have been doing this for a long time. You know, the challenge that we run into going into working with agencies, and I'd be curious for all the people listening, raise your hand if you're driving and you have this problem where every day in your agency you hear how busy everybody is. Mm. I'm too busy to account round. I'm too busy to write a blog. I'm too busy to get back to people in time. And so we have this busy epidemic and there's a lot to that where some of us are just inefficient. Some of us are just sloppy. And then sometimes it's just that we've gotten so bogged down with the mortgagee changes and the late payment calls and the certificate requests that we pop on the three minute tasks and we never get to the hour long tasks. So I've worked with Greenway Insurance down in Houston for in Austin for a long time. They kind of brought this to life, and we've partnered together with them to pair agencies with virtual assistants in the Philippines. And just so you guys know, you know what's going on in the Philippines. Um, I have two virtual assistants there. First of all, they speak great English. Their accent is very slight. The other good thing is, is that on average, they all get on a bus and drive two hours each way to work. They're so grateful for the opportunity to work from home. They're all college educated. I mean, like I'm blown away. They all um, were trained by call centers like Wells Fargo, Verizon, on how to work with um, customers and be customer facing. So now you have the opportunity for, you know, between $8.50 to $10 an hour to have someone in the Philippines handle some of this back end work, not the license stuff, but the back end work, free your team up. They do a great job. You're saving the agency some money and you're really delivering a great customer experience. And you can have your agency open longer hours because they can be answering the phone. They're actually 12 hours exactly behind the East Coast time. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, give our listening audience a little bit of a flavor of some of the things that CoverDesk, you know, I know you've kind of gone into a little bit of that, but give us a little flavor of some of the things you see these guys down there doing for agencies? You know, over time, they don't have any insurance experience, so they need to be trained, but over time, we've seen them handle new quote calls. Okay. So someone calling in, they can take a quote sheet. Right. Um, we've seen them handle the reshops. Right. So rather than a reshop sitting on someone's desk for maybe a week because you just can't get to it, you could turn reshops overnight. Mm-hmm. Same thing with new business quotes. Um, a lot of it I see, though, is like the processing, the checking of data, mm-hmm. cleaning up your cancellations, late payment phone calls, certificates, mortgagee changes, um, cleaning up data in your management system. You know, sometimes you run a report and there's just garbage in, garbage out. Right. So they're really very versatile. They're all very technology driven. And again, I, I think the big benefit is, is that because they're used to being in the call centers for U.S. companies, Mm -hmm. they're so well-trained to be customer-focused as well and customer-centric that it's pretty pretty amazing. I mean, we're even using them for some of our marketing Mm -hmm. that we have kind of down to a routine that's a little bit more monotonous so that we can assign it out to them and freeze us up to do some more of the creative stuff. Right. And so last but not least, and we'll move off a cover desk, but if an agent is listening to this right now and they say, oh my gosh, I have got to do that. Who do they get in touch with? How do they get in touch with somebody 
to start the process to get CoverDesk working for them? By the time this podcast airs, I think the CoverDesk website should be finalized. Okay. Um, but I think the best thing to do is actually come right on into agency performance partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, my entire team is trained up on it. We can get you started and start educating you a little bit more on how the whole process works. But it's even pretty cool. You get to actually interview and select your virtual assistant. So they're yours for 40 hours a week. Um, you're dealing with the same person and can really develop that relationship. So the best place to go is just agencyperformancepartners.com. Yep. And, and you can just go to our contact page and right. just say what you're looking for, and, and we'll get back to you within a couple hours. Beautiful. I love that so much. Okay. So, guys, if you find another insurance agency podcast that brings more value than this one does, please email me and let it, let me know what it is because, you know, our whole purpose here is to give you guys ideas and to help you with your business, and I think that could be – something that could really help some of your agencies. So let's move into systems and processes now. Bradley, we talked a lot about, before we had Kelly on, what we wanted to talk about in terms of systems and processes. One of the takeaways, I was at at Paradiso's office, and you and Kelly got into a discussion about sales process. And it was something that, I think I was doing something else, but when you started on it, I put down what I was doing to listen to that. That's right. So let's talk a little, let's go back through that a little bit. Sales process. Kelly, you had that down. It sounded like you've talked about that 150,000 times. Let's talk a little bit about sales process. Well, it's good because um, I was just, I'm in Iowa right now. I just got done at a, doing a three-hour sales training for Grinnell Mutual. So this is all very good and fresh in my brain. I love sales process because I myself by nature am not a born salesperson. Mm-hmm. But what I learned over time was that, you know, really great sales people are diligent about a great process. Mm-hmm. And if I'm following the right process and figuring out what objections I might come over and building rapport and gaining their trust, it's much less about the sale. And it's much more about the relationship. Mm. And so I really, really love building sales processes that help drive really, truly the strengths of the agent, but also to help us all understand that that person on the other end of the phone or the other meeting, it's not an application. They're a real person. And when we start treating them like a real person, we can drive the highest closing ratios, the most policies the best coverage, and most importantly, referrals from it. But if we go into it blind and we're just sort of, you know, treating them like a quote, right. we really aren't doing anybody any any service. And what you're doing is you're just wasting your time. You know, you may have to quote four times as much to get the same result as if you just really followed a good process. Right. So we, we started on the sales process. Guys, here's what I always tell my people in my office. I don't care what anybody does in terms of process and digital media and going here and doing this. At the end of the day, we have got to sell insurance like our damn hair is on fire. Everything else just seems to take care of itself, take care of itself. But in order to do that, and I think this speaks to what you're talking about, to help you increase your closing ratio, to help you with that sales process, you, you have to have a process. When you were talking to, to Bradley the other day, I think there was like a, what was it, Bradley, like a five-step process, or I can't remember how many steps were in the process. Lead with that, Kelly, and kind of go through that process with us real quick. Yeah, sir, sure. So um, it's five steps. The first step, I'll just run through the steps real quick. It's building rapport, mm-hmm. the insurance interrogation. Then we go into setting expectations. Then we go into delivering the quote and then finally asking for the business. And we sort of have a bonus sixth step that we like. Um, But really, to me, everything hinges on the first step, which is building rapport. Mm -hmm. And I want to say something, and um, I know you guys experienced that when I saw you live live and in person, but... I think we all think because we're in sales that we're good at building rapport. Right. But I really don't believe a lot of us are very good at it. I agree with that. You know, if you leave and you you can't remember the person's name and you didn't learn anything interesting and, you know, you didn't have a conversation about the kids or the dog or your favorite food, we're not building rapport. Right. And I think when you got to remember when you're building rapport, you're building value in you as a professional. The big takeaway from the training I did this morning was so many people realize that they never really fully introduce themselves to a new prospect. Mm. And what I mean by that is, is that they don't go and say, 
hey, you know, I'm Kelly. I've been in insurance since I was 18. I love insurance so much because I actually had a bad claim and got to live in a hotel for nine months versus my in-laws. And really what I want to do today is get to know you and build an insurance policy that really fits your budget Mm -hmm. and protects you and your family. Mm. You know, does that sound like a good plan today? When you can start building rapport and building value in yourself, you start taking control of that process. Mm -hmm. Where I really feel a lot of insurance agents, they're more quoters than they are salespeople. And right off the bat, you know, when they get a new prospect, that prospect's taking control of the call or the the meeting. And this is when you hear things like, they don't want to be on the phone with me. Everyone wants to get off the phone. No one has time. They just care about the price. Like, those are all the common ailments we hear from agents. And I turn the mirror right around them and say, you need to build rapport to get rid of all of those objections. Guys, listen to me right now. She is spitting absolute gold right now. You need to stop this podcast, go back to what we just talked about in step one, write all this information down, and go train your agency force, or go walk in the bathroom and look yourself in the mirror and have enough self-awareness to understand Am I getting on the phone with people and really honestly trying to get to know them as a person and telling them about who we are as an agency? Or am I getting on the phone and doing the name, birthday, driver's license number, blah, 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 blah. Kelly, you're spitting gold. Please continue. Well, I want to take it one step further, you know, for the listening audience out there. How many people do you think know what an independent agent is today? Not many, right? Like if you just look around five people walking around the street, it's an independent agent, most be like, I don't know. And yet for most of us, like that's how we build value, right? right? You know, we've got options, you got multiple markets, you get a relationship, but we don't tell anybody about it. So we expect them to stay because of this relationship. But you know what? We never told them. And you know, when we get upset because people are so price oriented, I so so go back to your sales process. What did you deliver to them that they understood and you knew that they completely agreed with and saw value in mm-hmm. other than price? And for most of us, it's not much, unfortunately. Now, you know, you might be sitting there like, oh, I do this sometimes. But let's be honest, right, Scott? It's what we do consistently every day. It's not what we do sometimes. Exactly. So that's kind of our first one, building that rapport. I get really passionate about that one because I think it's important. And then you go through the insurance interrogation. And this is where things fall apart, right? Because we have to ask all these underwriting questions. And it's kind of a bummer. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, like, a lot of times we encourage agents have the website up of the company, have Zillow open and instead say, I'm going to pull up Zillow. Let's talk about your home. And then you can kind of confirm information versus being like, you're the roof, electrical, pets, (laughs) trampoline, pool, Yep. you know, you have a wood stove. Oh, we don't want you. Right, right, right. Um, You know, and so it's like more of a conversation to understand what's important. When you get people talking about their home, that's a place that they love. That's where they spend the bulk of their paycheck and paying for so we, we kind of get off track on that one. And then, you know, one of the things we say during the insurance interrogation, everybody's got to be focused on is this concept of four and score. When I'm interrogating you, Scott or Bradley, I want to I want to ask all the questions I would need to quote you four policies. Okay. And I'm not going to ask you like Bradley, I'm not going to ask to quote your life insurance. You're just going to do it. I'm just going to get I'm just going to do it because right. you right. asked me to be your agent. <laughs> and Kelly, let me say this to our listening audience right now. So about half of our audience is independent. Half of, sure. our, half of our audience is captive. What you're talking about right now, it doesn't matter if you're an independent right. or a captive. This, this applies exactly the same to both of those groups, captive or independent agents. This process, the sales process that she's going through applies to both exactly the same. In fact, I think in some respects it actually applies to the captives even more importantly because you're selling one product. So you have to know the features. You have to know um, that customer to be able to say why your product fits best. You know, on the independent side, it's almost like it's a buffet. You're going to find something you like almost no matter what. So you have to listen harder, build rapport harder, and really be that person's person, open their eyes to things that they didn't even know existed. And, and I think sometimes with the captive agents, I see this a lot with even just the people that I know. It's they tend to fall back on, oh, well, I'm a such-and-such agent, but don't separate themselves from every other such-and-such agent. On the captive side. On the captive side, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think that the nice thing about being captive is you have this brand recognition that independent agents dream of. 
and you know you have to add in your own personal brand to that and you have to you can you can use the company brand but you know when when nationwide calls or state farm calls people know exactly who you are exactly. and they're interested in having a conversation with you absolutely so so let's move forward i want to i want to talk a little bit more about insurance interrogation when i left you last week i came home i spent probably three hours going through notes wrote down everything we talked about wrote down some things that we didn't talk about but i want to drill down for just a second into insurance interrogation before we move on to setting expectations is there a way and you mentioned it earlier what 99 percent of agents do and that's you know do you have a swimming pool do you have an attack dog blah 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 blah, blah. is there is there a different way to do that, that you feel like is a little bit more of the building rapport mindset rather than just this list of questions that you're blowing through? Yeah, I mean, we love we we love bringing up resources, right? So if you can, if their home is on Zillow, if you know that they they tell you what type of car, pull that up. Be like, oh, I have your car up. Do you have these kind of features? You have to make it easy. You know, the one thing in that Trump's price is convenience. Mm. And so when you're making your, that's why I call it the interrogation is like, you're sort of forcing this person to do all the work where if instead you can sort of pull up their home or a business, a website, be like, Hey, I see on your website, you do this. Is that pretty accurate? You're sort of serving the information to them to agree with or, right. you know, modify. Right, right. And it's kind of an old life insurance tr- trick where, you know, instead of them asking each individual ailment, do you have heart disease, depression, cancer, or smoker? They kind of run through the entire list and just say, stop me if you have it. Right. <laughs> and I always love that because it's like if you do have something, you're maybe a little embarrassed. You don't want to make a big deal about it. Sure. So instead, you can just kind of run through the list and be like, yep, okay, next, 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 next. You just, but you we just really said something, things. though, not to stop you, but you just said something that I've been trying to verbalize for about six weeks, which is the only thing that trumps price is convenience. I've been telling my, my main CSR for, for the last two months, we need to make it easier for our clients to do business with us. That's why I bought the domain name insuranceuber.com. There you go. <laughs> is that a true story? No, I, I, is that, kudos, is that real? Kudos to Scott for that. Did you really do that? Yeah, it's, it's purchased by Scott Howell. Okay. Anyway, so... Insurance, in, insurance interrogations, uh, I think you are absolutely 1,000% right. You've got to make it easy. I called Progressive about two years ago. I did a secret shopper on Progressive. And at the 18-minute mark, I said, do you need to call my kindergarten teacher and, and, and ask her if I ate my boogers when I was in kindergarten too? Or, I mean, they got into like – I need to know your annual income for the last three years. And, you know, I will probably need a copy of your college transcripts. And I'm thinking, (laughs) my gosh, how do you people ever sell a freaking insurance policy around here? And that, that is something guys, I want everybody to listen to this. I harp on this constantly in my office. You've got to make it easy for people to buy. And if you don't, because there's so many choices out there, they will finally throw their hands up in there and go, you know what? I'm good. Y'all just keep whatever it is y'all got over there, and I'll go somewhere else and get some damn insurance. And and I find that sometimes my staff in my agency likes to make it hard on people. And so that is something that I am constantly, constantly harping on. You've got to make it easy for people to buy. Now then, moving on to setting expectations. This was another thing that I wrote down when we met and now I have a question mark beside it. What exactly Uh-oh. do you mean? What exactly do you mean by setting expectations for the client? Okay. So this is one of those moments where you're probably going to get some controversial comments on the podcast. No, we won't because uh-huh. I will go to their house and drag them out in the front yard and beat them half to death, but go ahead. No, I, li- I like the controversy. So I am a huge believer that wherever and whenever possible, we train our agents to quote over the phone. So small commercial, home and auto, quote over the phone, because person set that side time aside, if you give them a quote on the phone, they've been on the phone for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they're most likely going to buy from you, sure. as long as you've met their basic needs. They're like, well, I've made it this far. I might as well go ahead right. and do it. Well, and it's under the convenience thing you just said, right? Right, right. You've just taken it off my list of things to do. You saved me the money I was looking for. I liked you. Bye. But when we get them off the phone and there's phone tag, it just seems so cumbersome. But I do understand that that's not 100% possible if you're trying to quote four lines and they have multiple things. So my idea of setting expectations is, one, 
We never leave a quote call without a confirmed time and date. We are going to connect back to review your option. So there's no more, okay, I'll let you know, or emailing off the quotes. If I was to have the biggest pet peeve I have of insurance agents, it's emailing quotes. I can't stand it. I think that it trashes your work. I think that the only person, the only thing people care about then is price. And I think the other worst thing is, is that they can just forward that to anybody else. Another agent can steal your hard work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and so, I, but, but like, let me, let me stop you right there. With that said, how do you feel about the video quoting technology that's now available? So I use that as plan B. Okay. So my number one goal will be, cause I want to get you on the phone, Scott, and say, mm. Hey Scott. So based on what we talked about, I have these three options for you. I want to go over. You know, if I'm explaining three options on a video, I'm still not getting your feedback. You're not able to ask me questions. It's a one-way conversation. So I like to, so I say, and I can't ask you for the business at the end, except for some kind of video recorded way. Like mm-hmm. my, my process is to do the assumptive close of, okay, Scott, well, since we've all take care of everything you need, would you like to pay in full or be put on EFT? And right. you just move into closing activities. On a video proposal, there still has to be another step where they have to write back, yes accepted or there's back and forth where i would use video proposals is i can't get commitment for whatever reason i'm going to then shoot the video proposal going over what i what i said and use that as opposed to just emailing a quote over but i'm an advocate and this was very controversial in today's sales training too i'm an advocate to not email a quote if i'm going to email anything it's going to be a custom proposal with a video and in a lot of ways i wouldn't put the carrier name on it I, I agree a hundred percent. And then your numero uno, number one way to set expectations and close the business is to do it over the phone. I just think that, you know, 80% of people buy based on a feeling and I, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. If I'm doing my job building trust, if I'm going ahead and, and being relatable and speaking at your language and caring about you as a person, when we go through and we present three options, I'm giving you the options you need to buy from. Right. So now you can say, I really like that second option. That plan seems to fit me best. Why am I not taking it over the finish line at that point? If I don't have anything of value to say, or I'm not educating the person, then that's where it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to carry that conversation and have a strong relationship. One of the things that kept coming up during today's training was, oh, I hate it when you know I quote somebody, they never call me back. And I just had to say to them, point blank. They didn't value you or the relationship at all if they didn't call you mm, back. Preach, sister, preach. If you've ever spent any time with Kelly, you will believe 100% that she said that to that person. Absolutely. She is going to keep it real with you. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so well, I, Because it's true. It's, it's like, unfortunately, I'm sorry, but you didn't earn the respect of that person enough. Mm. And that's like, we look at it insurance like, oh, I quoted it and I sent it off, you know, and we didn't win on price. Like, oh, you didn't win on relationship. I'm actually writing this down is why I'm being quiet. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so, so, so that is number three and guys, what she just said again is absolute gold. You know, if they don't call you back, that means that whoever was doing the quoting did not impress or gain the trust or build the rapport necessary for that person to feel like they need to pick up that phone and answer that phone. Correct. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I almost feel like we, we made it easy, right? Like, right. I always laugh. I'm like, if, if, if an agency is, you know, thinking about using our services, I want you to feel bad having to call me and tell me that you're not going with us or that right. you decided to put it on hold. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want you to earn that respect for me of saying, you know, hey, now is not a good time. Someone's going out maternity leave, but in the fall, like I, I want to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just, what's the point? I'm just quoting. Absolutely. One thing I've told, I've told my CSR before is if they cancel their business with us or have to tell us that they don't want to do business with us, I want it to feel like they're breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend on their end. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move to number four. We just finished number three, setting expectations. Give us number four. So this is delivering the quotes. This is when we have to talk about money, right? And my philosophy is I always want to go in knowing if I'm less expensive, about equal, or more expensive. And so to me, it's really important I understand what they're currently paying. Because this is my philosophy. If I'm less expensive, all I'm really doing is collecting a signature. I really didn't sell anything. Mm -hmm. I just quoted and won on price, which is fine. If I'm equal, I need to do my job of explaining why I'm better. Mm -hmm. If I'm more, that's actually my favorite type of sale. Because, you know, you do take in clients that maybe don't have the right coverage or you're not competitive. 
but they still called you and gave you their social security number. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all get a little nervous, like, oh, this is more, this is more. It's like, well, it's going to cost them more to do business with you. And if you value what you bring to the table, you're okay with that. And now I'm not saying you're going to win every single one of them, but when you're delivering the, the price, the, you know, the first thing that you always have to do is confirm that you, you know, you've solved all their major challenges mm-hmm. and you have a great plan for them. And the second thing you have to do is build value in the carrier before you even give them a price. Why don't you go into detail about what they're going to get and what's in it for them? What are the features of doing business with this company? And I think we all blow that off way too much. So no one ever knows what they're actually truly paying for. You know, build value in the fact that I put my mom with this company. I'm with this company. Right. I had a claim. This is where they were fantastic. Yeah, I'm, and a, then you I'm a firm go, believer that there's nothing stronger than turning the computer screen around and saying, that's my policy right there with that company. Absolutely. Because how many times do you get in a sales process? Well, what would you do if you were me? I, I hear it's that like, a lot. I honestly, I, I mean, yeah. you, I think that if you get that question, it certainly means that you're on the right path to building that value. Am I right? It does. You know what it also means, though? It's like people have this philosophy. People want to be told what to do. Like We all have to make a million decisions every day, right? By them doing that, that means they trust you. They're saying, just tell me what to do. I don't want to think anymore about this. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. You mentioned the word trust. It means you've built enough rapport. We always go back to that word rapport that they trust you enough to ask that question. So there you go. I think I think uh, you you would, in my opinion, know you're on the right track if somebody's asking you that question. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So let's go to number five. We've built rapport. We've set the expectation. We've delivered the quote, and I have a sneaky suspicion number five is going to be how do we close? Asking for the business, right? And right. this is where I think we all get a little awkward. Right. You know, it's like, it's like asking a girl out or, uh, <laughs> you know, try, trying to, uh, trying to do anything that makes you vulnerable. But the bottom line is if you've done a great job and you know, you're having a good relationship, remember if you've given them options, they've already given you some soft yeses. It's now just your job to take it over the finish line. And so my favorite line is now that you've selected which product do you want to pay in full or be put on EFT? Right. And then you're just dead silent. The first one that yeah, you, come back to you. my favorite moment in the sales process is when it's if you don't shut up, you're going to lose. Yes. And so many people have a problem doing that. And you would think if you had a cup of coffee with me, you would think that I have that problem because I have this tendency to talk over people. But in that moment, I'm as dead silent as I can be. <laughs> well, and you know what? You have to be because people are processing a lot of information. And again, you want to make them slightly uncomfortable too. So they're just like, yeah, let's just do it. So the awkward silence goes away. (laughs) Um, Hopefully they do a little bit more than that. But you have to understand that, you know, at that point in time, they're making a decision too. So if you say something, it's going to be like, well, why don't you think about it? Let me know. And the problem with that, guys, is, okay, well, now you just gave me the perfect excuse to never call you again. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also, too, let me think about it. Why? What is there to think about? Give me a reason you have to think about it. But we let ourselves off the hook far too easily. And then, you know, what? the way I train myself and my brain is, if I do that, it's making my job harder. It's bad on my time management. And I'm going to end up on two, maybe three follow-up phone calls with this person to find coverage. Mm -hmm. I just need to just shut my mouth, wade through it, so I can get the sale and I can move on to other things. Yeah, it seems like that is a, a fine art that people, even really good salespeople, seem to have to kind of cultivate throughout their career to get to that point where they find that whatever that comfortable phrase is or whatever they like to say and then do it enough to feel real comfortable with how they close that, how they ask for the mm-hmm. business. I've seen really good people, that really good salespeople that just could not get the check. You know, right. they, they just they just did not, for whatever reason, they would get to that close and it just seemed like that's just where it all fell apart. And it's probably for a lot of the reasons that you and Bradley both just mentioned. Let's give our, our audience the bonus round for number six. You said there was kind of a bonus number six. Yeah, so I'm a big believer that, you know, if you're quoting four lines of business and, you know, you're trying to ask for referrals, it's, it's a lot to do during one quote call. So we, we kind of figured out that this post-30-day follow-up call is great. You call a person 30 days later, tell them you love them, 
thank them for their business, see if they have any questions, kind of go after any of the lines that they weren't interested right then and there. And then also just flat out ask them, hey, did you tell anybody that you changed insurance agents? And if they say yes, say, oh, well, great. Well, who did you tell? We'd love to take a look at their insurance. And it's your nice inlet to get referrals. And that's a huge key right there because most salespeople love referrals, but again, are kind of awkward in asking for them. Absolutely. So give me a breakdown of that 30-day phone call that I think everybody probably needs to implement in their agencies that are listening to this. And go into the full onboarding process that we talked about as well. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, we, we and, how, a- and how important you think that is. All right. Well, we'll start just, you know, the we've got some scripts on the um, 30-day phone call. Mm-hmm. So I can, you guys can attach those to the show notes if you'd like. Okay. Um, so that the listening viewers get a little freebie bonus. Okay. <laughs> scroll down as you're listening to this. Scroll down right now and download that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the crux of it is really just thank you, finding out if they have any questions, discussing the other lines of coverage that you recommended to see if you can get them to move forward. And then just finalizing by saying, you know, did you let anybody know that you changed insurance agents and kind of asking how they could be set up to take a look at their insurance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all in all, maybe a five minute phone call, but does a world of good. And it, it leans so nicely into a new client onboarding process because for a lot of clients, they feel like the producer sold them and then never talks to them again. Right. Absolutely. So, This is also a good opportunity to introduce your service team and set those expectations of what the new relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, that because you're at meetings that we don't want them to wait for an auto ID card, that the entire service team is here to, to assist them so that they get what they need conveniently and easily. For the agents that are out there, like I was when I started as a scratch agent, that don't have a staff, that are just the one man show, they've, they've just opened up their independent shop or they've, or they're an exclusive agent that's on a program and they, they just really don't have uh, any manpower besides themselves. Now, from the sales process side that we just went over intimately, that doesn't change. I mean, they, they need to be doing all that that we talked about anyway. But when we talk about a one-man shop, what is your recommendation to somebody like that that maybe is, is uh, hyper-focused on sales and mm-hmm. maybe maybe doesn't have the manpower or whatever to do maybe a 30-day call? Or would you say, hey, stop what you're doing and do it anyway? Well, I look at it like for those guys in the one-man shop, I think there's two buckets, right? There's the people who that's what they want to be, right? right. I want to be a one-man shop, and mm-hmm. I don't want the headache and the hassle. And I think that that's fine, and you can own that. And, you know, you can send out a thank you note or, you right. know, some automated emails. I think if you want to grow, you have to be very selective with where you pick putting your time because if you want to grow and get that service person that can take some of this off your plate, you can keep you can keep moving down the pike. For me, you know, I, I grew my businesses. I've been only in business for four years and we've grown to three businesses. It always was me looking at like, what's the highest, best use of my time? Well, the highest, best use of my time is to sell X amount this month so that in two months I can invest in that person that's going to take more out of my plate. So sometimes maybe the bookkeeping didn't happen over, you know, as soon as possible or, you know, some of the little stuff that I could put on the back burner happened, but I was always so focused on hitting my sales goals because nothing happens in an agency unless something is sold. True. Like you had said, you have to act like, you know, your hair is on fire. And so if calling a customer at 30 days was my opportunity to get the other lines and to get those referrals and that person already said yes to me, to me, that's the hottest lead I have today. I love you so much. (laughs) There was a moment at Paradiso's office you didn't love me, so I'm glad we've rebounded. (laughs) No, I've always loved you. I just, you know, I probably overreacted. And I, I, again, for the 3,000th time, apologize for nearly flipping the table over on top of you. (laughs) I hate to break up this little <laughs> but love you, but chat you were, here. But you were right. You were right. You were You were absolutely correct. Guys, I, I'm going to tell you something. If I was an agency owner or I was listening to this podcast and I had a staff, I would make this podcast mandatory listening in my agency. Now, you don't have to listen to all the parts where Scott's been, you know, whatever. But fast forward, that, fast forward to that sales process, especially in the onboarding process, and listen to that part and have them listen to that part of this podcast. Very, very, very important. Before we let you go, and I'm going to say this, if you will let us sometime, I would absolutely love to have you back on the podcast 
to talk about more processes, other things that we didn't get into today. But before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about your company and give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about what you can do and specifically what you can do in terms of how you can help agents from a, you know, more of a consultant, strategic consultant role. Sure. You know, some of the things that we love doing is really kind of getting down in the weeds with agents. Mm -hmm. So we like to say we're sort of a second set of hands. So all the things you always wanted to get to, you wanted to train your salespeople better. You wanted to get a process in place to call every renewal. You want a brand, you want a marketing strategy, but all that stuff gets into play into play. We're sort of the outsourced experts. So big believers in not recreating the wheel, but big believers of taking a wheel and making it customized for you. So for us, we are just so passionate about this industry. We're so passionate. We know what can get accomplished. You know, like you said, Chris Paradiso is one of our clients. When you look at his website, we did his website. We did his whole brand. We do his magazine. Um, and I've worked with his staff. I mean, you guys have been there. We kind of joke that, you know, the staff reports to me. Right. They pretty <laughs> um, much do, though, yeah, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> to a large degree. I mean, yeah. it's a group effort, but there's, right. um, I, I, they know when I come in, it, it's just like Chris is saying it. I believe, no, I believe what Chris said is, is if you ask the staff who they report to, they're going to say that they report to Kelly. Um, uh, yeah, they, they would say that, which is a lot of responsibility, but it's a, it's a good time at the same point in time. Um, <laughs> so go, go into a little bit what you, know, what you do for Chris. How is that maybe different from what you would normally offer to a client, or how is it the same? So Chris and I have worked together for over almost 10 years now. So in some ways, Chris's agency is about 15 years old. So we sort of developed everything together. Chris is probably the example of a great relationship where over time it's transformed. They get to beta test a lot of our processes and procedures and we perfect them there like a little test lab. But the other thing is, you know, we're very focused on the numbers. So there's a huge reporting component. I don't know if maybe when I was there, Chris showed you some of the reports. But to me, I think that numbers matter greatly. And it's not like numbers are bad that, you know, you somebody should get punished if the retention rate's not there. It's indicating what happened. Were we distracted? Did a rate go up? What, what happened this month that caused our retention to go up or down two percentage points? Because then you can kind of really dive in deep and figure out what to do and what to do differently. So when we talk about the numbers and who everyone reports to, they know that I'm constantly looking at the numbers and we're constantly questioning, you know, what's working, what's not working and how can we work on it better and smarter. And that's something that we bring to the table for every single one of our clients. We're sort of, um, you know, we're kind of like metrics ninjas. Um, we figure out how to do it in every agency. And then once we get some baseline, we can figure out how we're going to improve it. So, you know, I don't think we need to discuss price right now, but if, if an agent's out there and they would like to have you come in and act as a consultant for their agency to help them kind of shore up processes, to coach them through whatever issues they're having right now through agency performance partners, tell the listening audience kind of what they get. And you and I talked about doing this in my agency, actually. But can you tell them a little bit about what they get for that consultative service? So we pretty much start off every relationship with what we call our agency assessment. And what happens is we look at the key numbers in your agency. We do secret shopper calls because mm -hmm. we want to test and see how good you guys are on the phone. We do an anonymous staff survey. We actually meet one-on-one -on -one with every person. And then we go ahead and we do a day-long like executive planning session on what we've found. Um, we look at their processes and procedures, their workflow, and we build a 90-day game plan of start to finish, like what's working and what do we need to do more of, what do we need to fix, and we partner with you for those 90 days to see that out. So during that time frame, you get everything from like job descriptions, compensation plans, incentive plans. We're working on customizing all that for your agency. Right. So it's kind of like a nice little fresh start. Like imagine, you know, it's springtime, you do a deep clean of your house, you feel great because everything's kind of going back in the right pockets. Sure. Um, and that really is, it's, you know, for the, the whole program, the 90 days of accountability calls, all that fun stuff, that's a whole package for about $5,000. Mm -hmm. And my big motto is, and I think a lot of people are concerned about working with consultants because either they're too expensive, not sure what you're going to get out of it. One of our company values is to be the most responsive company that we know. It's so frustrating. And so our, uh, like, literally, it's a fireable offense in my company if you don't return someone's communication within 24 hours. Wow. And for most of the time, it's before you leave that day. 
And so we're really there in the thick of it with you. You know, all my clients have cell phone numbers, email. They know that we'll get on a phone call at nine o'clock at night if you've got something on your mind. And that's really what you're getting for that time frame is really a coach to get you through that process. Then from there, you can either take it further or you can say, hey, cool, I have something I can now maintain. And, you know, we just remain friends. And when we're in town, have a drink together. You know, you, you work with agencies from all across the country. What is mm-hmm. the what is the sweet spot in terms of your demographic as far as uh, size of agency that you find yourself working with the most? Is there is there kind of a sweet spot there? There is a sweet spot, um, and I don't want anybody to feel like excluded. No, there no. are definitely outliers, liars on this, but you know we usually say we want a team of at least five people, right. and that can include the owners, um, because at five people there's stuff. Right. Um, you know, there's it's like you're growing, and so you want to make sure everything's organized and efficient. You know, up to agencies, we've been in the, you know, we have a relationship with Heffernan Insurance, which has over a billion dollars of written premium. Sure. But, you know, our real sweet spot is, again, they're kind of an outlier. It's probably somewhere between five and 50 employees, you know, multiple departments. But our biggest qualifier is you have to want to grow. I think that this is critical because, and I'm going to use this analogy. I think you guys will like it. Everybody wants to lose weight. Well, there's a difference between losing weight and becoming a bikini model, right? Mm. You know, like, so, you know, if you really wanted to commit to something to become a bikini model, you change your entire lifestyle. If you're just every week starting a new diet, you're really not committed to losing weight. We want the people committed to becoming bikini models. Oh, I love that so much. Let me ask you a question. I had someone I would consider a bikini bikini model, bikini model. Yeah. (laughs) a, A fairly good agent one time. Tell me, he said, when someone calls in for a homeowner's quote, you have about two hours to get back to him or you're going to lose the business. And and I had an appalled look on my face when he when he told me that because that's way too long. What, I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, you know me. I'm Captain Quote on the phone, so there is no lag time. Right. <laughs> but what do you so, – if you were going to call someone back, what do you feel like is that time frame? Well, uh, let's, let's put some context to this. If you were going to call somebody back that was asking for a home and auto quote. Right. Okay. So my big thing is that you never leave a sales call without your next confirmed date and time. So I'm actually going to change it up and put it back on them and say, great, when this afternoon are you available to go over your options? Mm, gotcha. Yeah. And then if they say, yeah. I'm not available, so okay, great, what time tomorrow morning? But my bigger goal is to get their attention, get their buying, because I don't want to play the phone tag game. You know, you, you, you guys do it all the time too, right? You hang up the phone. You make another call and the person's calling back. Like, that's not convenient. That's irritating. I'd much rather know that you're there, you're available, this is a good time for you, so I get your undivided attention. Can I confess to something in the the trust tree for just a second? Well, the trust tree is pretty big right now (laughs) if you're you're on your own. Well, yeah, but but they don't mind. They're they're all very (laughs) trustworthy, too. So because I have a brain that is slightly larger than that of a squirrel's, when I was quoting a lot of home and auto business, and I placed such a huge emphasis on rapport, you know, getting to know the person I was on the phone with, talking about why we were different, even though I was like in there by myself, <laughs> um, yeah. talking talking about why my, my agency was different and just placing all this emphasis on building rapport that I found that when I would quote business on the phone, I did a lot better when I would build that rapport, get them really excited about doing business with me and and get get the information that I needed but then instead of trying to keep them on the phone while I've got like the computer up and me screwing up the quote and I'm still trying to talk to them but we can't really talk cuz I'm a guy and I can only think about one thing at a time I would have to get all the information from them I kind of found myself th- th- this this worked for me but I would build the rapport get the information and then I would end the phone call with like hey listen I I have the brain of a squirrel, and I'm not. I didn't say that, but you know what I mean. I would say I, you know, I would really like to just let me take this information that I got from you, plug all of it in the computer. Can I call you back in in 20 minutes? Would that be okay with you? And people people had zero problem with that when I did that. Now, if I had not done what I said and called them back seven hours later, that probably would have been a problem. But um, that think, that th- worked for me, though. I think what she's saying, though, is is there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do do that, you do open yourself up to so, someone else snatching that business up. Not, yeah, not when I, I put the Scott Howell on them. But yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> 
So, I mean, like, I, I like in order to get to quote over the phone, it takes practice. Like, there's no doubt right. about it. So the first couple times are going to be terrible. But, you know, maybe you start with with quoting just auto over the phone right. and you get better at that and then you feel good about it. And I, I just think that, like, to me, my goal is to limit is to drive the highest closing ratio. So right. I have to force myself into maybe maybe exercising my brain so it gets to be the size of, you know, a wombat. Right, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, well, Kelly, you know, I, I, I want to tell you again how much I appreciate you coming on today. I say this from time to time, but I don't say it lightly. I do believe, and I think Bradley will agree with me, this was one of the best podcasts we've ever done. 100%. Yeah, so... Uh, I, You're gonna say that to the next guest no, too. I get no, it. No, no, no. I, I promise you. I, I do we've, believe that. We've got GNN coming up next. So, yeah. but I, oh, you got my buddies up north. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, they're super close to where we are. Um, so I know I know Matt and Zach pretty well. Well, I tell you what. I cannot wait to get with you and talk to you a little bit about my agency some more. Uh, I, Bradley and I are both in the process of implementing a lot of the things that we learned uh, with Chris Paradiso last week. And I guess that's where we're going to wrap this thing up. Guys, remember what I always tell you. Rewards come from action, not discussion. You need to get your ass out there and go sell insurance and take care of your family. You need to write good insurance for the the agency that you represent. You need to write good insurance business for the companies that you represent. And Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kelly. Guys, y'all have a great day. And Guys, everybody have a great day. And remember this is the Insurance Guys Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.